Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a, an ex another exciting episode of Behind the Timeline that Scott and I have both been stoked about and that is some of our our shared like bond, I think, was, you know, when <laughs> which is the Muppet movie from 1979. We're here for it. I know. Um, We're finally out of the 77s. Like, I. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Like, holy shit. It's been a long time since we um <laughs> since we started 1977. There's a lot no, happening. It has. It's almost the entire month of October we've just been in 77. I think so. And and now it's 79 and this is the last thing that we're covering in the 70s. So it's the 80s from here on out guys and get stoked cuz there's I mean we're going to be in the 80s like straight up I think into the spring. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're not even hitting the 90s until January. Oh, no, I think I don't think we do Black Cauldron until like March. Like it's this is going to be. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah, yeah dude. Like the, the 80s are going to be a lot, which is really exciting because so much of what everyone loves is in the 80s. And we just finished that part of the 30 year nostalgia cycle. We're just coming into where suddenly it's the 90s again. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll be fun. I'm actually excited to go through all that because I think that like when Stranger Things season four comes out. And I rewatch all of that. I think it's going yeah. to be even better after we've gone through all these old 80s movies. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, just for Stranger Things alone, this will be worth it. So, um, do we want to hit on any news stuff? So, we yeah. Yeah. We really I, sorry, guys. I should have mentioned this earlier. Um, so, it's no secret, obviously, because that's what this podcast is, that we love cinema we love movies we love the people who make these movies we love the people who thought them up everybody down from the first gaffer to the culinary artist to cater all the films everybody has an important job and everybody does something that we all you know appreciate um and so uh behind the timeline uh is no secret to the news and stuff like that like we know what's going on and stuff so we just wanted to say that our hearts go out to um, Helena Hutchins, who tragically lost her life on Thursday due to a prop malfunction. Um, and at the time of this recording, there are a couple more things, but I'm not going to speculate on what's going on. It very clearly was negligence on the prop department, but I, that's all I'm right. going to say. Um, it, it was a very tragic loss. It was very easily avoidable, but um, that's so not the point right now. The point is that someone... Um, someone's family is now grieving and, you know, our thoughts and prayers grow out to them. Um, and we hope that they are able to, to make it through to the end of this. Very well said. Thank you, Scott. And, and yeah, I ditto to all of that. Um, I couldn't believe when I heard that that happened. So we did just want to take a second to address that. So yeah, yeah. let's, eh. yeah, we're going to move right past that though. Cause I don't we're want you guys moving. dwelling on that shit. Cause this is a fun movie and I, I just, we, it would, it would be wrong of us not to have said something. A hundred percent. And, and now that we have, let's talk about 1979. Muppets. 1979. And the Muppets. Yeah, this is, it's an exciting year. There's actually like a whole shitload. I happening. know. This is a lot of stuff on here. I just kept going. I was just like, no, nah, <laughs> I'm just going to keep taking notes. This is crazy. So it was the Carter administration. Uh, the Three Mile Island nuclear accident in Pennsylvania happened. Yep. ESPN launched. Let's go. Saddam Hussein took power in Iraq. Let's not go. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> at no surprise to anyone who knows the UK, Brighton established the UK's first nudist beach. 
Hell yeah. About right. Living to Brighton. <laughs> China institutes the one child policy. So I much that earlier was, than you'd think. Yeah, I thought that was way later. Like, I was born yeah. by the time they did that. That's wild. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, my Possibly my favorite one on this list, the YMCA sues the village people for libel over the song. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so awesome. I don't know the outcome of the lawsuit. I didn't look. I suspect they lost, seeing as we all know the song. As we still have the song, yeah. Um, Pink Floyd released The Wall. That's the album. So, yeah, such a good album, too. So good. Um, the original Superman and Star Trek films came out this year, so lots of nerd Reeves. shit. Yeah. yeah, that's actually one of my favorite movies of all time. I could watch that all the time. It has some of my the greatest quotes of of any movie I've ever watched during that movie. It is not currently on the timeline to, or is it? Is it? We'll have to look later. Superman? No, I think we took it off because we were going to discuss DC as a whole. Yeah, I guess if it was on the timeline, we would be doing it right now. So maybe we'll have to sure. circle back because we're clearly we're about to oh, not shit. do that. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to think about that. But. Uh, um, on TV, we had Mork and Mindy, Charlie's Angels, Saturday Night Live, All My Children, MASH, and Happy Days, amongst others. Jesus Christ. Yeah, all kinds of cool stuff happening. SNL, like, I'm down for. I fucking love SNL, but, like... Me too. Mork and Mindy was where Robin Williams got his start. He was a stand-up comedian before that. Um, and then someone literally came to him and was like, hey, do you want to try out for this show? And he's like, not really. Right, <laughs> and, and it was getting huge. it, yeah. My mom loved Mark and Mindy. I remember. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, I mean, it was. It had Robin Williams in it, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, do you know this? I didn't know this. The Deer Hunter one. I love this picture? movie. Oh, this yeah. is the thing we know. Tell mm-hmm. me. So Christopher Walken and uh, Robert De Niro. It's about buddies from the military, um, and it's basically just about them on a hunting trip. And dealing with the PTSD of post, I want to say it's post Vietnam. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm pretty sure it's post Vietnam. Sounds right. Um, or the Korean War, maybe. Actually, yeah, it might be the Korean War. Um, I don't know. I haven't. No, seen it has it. to be Vietnam. It has to be Vietnam because this, the movie came out in '79. Um, hmm. Well, in any case, that was the Oscar winner for 79. Um, the Oscar winner of 1980 for Best Picture, however, was the top grosser of 1979. So starting to remember to draw this connection. Yep. Um, and that was Kramer versus Kramer. That's so a great movie, cool. too. Yeah. Um, did the Muppet movie make money, though? I can't. I never. I didn't get a chance to look this up, but did it make money? It did, I think. It, it made $65 million, around $65 million. It came out at number oh, okay. 10 that year. So, yeah, cool, cool, they did cool, pretty cool. good. They did pretty good. It was a top ten. I'm I'm down for that. Yeah, I was happy to see it on the list because there's a lot else going on. Like like Star Trek was on there for sure. Um, yeah, Superman was on there for sure. So it was a big year. Um, as far as where it sits in the timeline, the only reason that I haven't deleted this section is that while the Muppets are like on like we access this movie via Disney Plus today, yeah. um, this was made by Associated Film Distribution was the the producer on this movie. So okay, mm-hmm. um, so this was not Disney then. So I just want to say a formal goodbye to this category until yeah. we circle back with the Black Cauldron because we're no longer going to be talking about Disney movies for a minute because it is the eighties and there's other shit going on. I think it's crazy that we went out on Pete's Dragon. Like, that's such a flat note to go out on. But (laughs) we went out on a fart in the wind. That's what I would say. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So bad. 
in the wind. Right. I love that, that fucking movie, says. dude. God, your voice stuff is so good. God damn it. Anyway, um, what is it? Uh, so I love your note here, by the way, um, about the National Film Registry and Rainbow Connection, because I yeah. do think that they are totally warranted. Oh, 100%. So in 2009, the Muppet movie was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. It's by the Library of, Con- uh, of Congress. And in 2020, Rainbow Connection was added for the National Recording Registry. So super cool. And I did not realize until like getting that note that Rainbow Connection was written for this movie. Yes, it was. Yeah, because the Muppets do a lot of cover stuff. So sometimes, like on the show, they do a lot of cover stuff. And in the movie from 2011, they did a lot of cover stuff. Um, But every song that appears in the original Jim Henson runs from uh, Muppet Treasure Island to Muppet Christmas Carol to this, um, right up to like the great Muppet caper, all of those songs were written for the Muppet movies. I just remember having like dating myself bad right now. A tape of oh, let's go, dude. Yeah, Early 90s. Yeah, of the Muppets that was like it was them doing like cover stuff. Like there was like Linda Ronstadt songs that they oh were God. singing. Yeah. Like that we had a tape of. Well, there's like so here's what blows my mind about this, and this is actually one of the main reasons I love the Muppets so much. Um, and once again, I talk about her all the time, and I really wanted her to come on this. Um excuse me i really wanted her to come on this episode but she's unfortunately out of town right now is my aunt jamie who showed me the muppets with uh the muppet christmas carol i might have to get some water hold on yeah go for it um yeah i also want to meet aunt jamie though. no we're good sorry there we go um yeah so she showed it to me but um I lost my train of thought. What the fuck were we talking? Oh, right. Okay. So no, sorry. Yeah. So the show was actually it had guests on it. Right. It started in 1976, and it ran for actually two years after this movie came out. Um, but here's the thing that blows my mind: like famous, really famous people were on this show. Bob Hope, Linda Blair, fucking uh, Johnny Cash. And the thing that cracks me up about this is someone literally had to go to Johnny Cash and be like, hey, Johnny, I know you're a serious um, Folsom Prison type kind of guy. Do you want to <laughs> be on a puppet show? Oh, and my like, God. He was like, yeah, sure. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, well, that's the thing that had to happen. The interesting thing, and this is like, as far as sequels go, this movie is one, right? Because mm-hmm. the Muppet show went on for all that time. But what I found really interesting is that it started on ATV in the UK before it came to the States because all the American producers rejected it. And so it was actually on in the UK first where it got on ATV. And I get it. I get that people were like, are you fucking kidding me? Because Jim Henson had um, Sesame Street and then was like, okay, I want to do this show that's like for adults. That's the interesting thing about the Muppets. These were not conceived of for kids in any way. And I think people forget that now because they've been so Disneyfied, and it's still great. Yeah. We fucking loved Muppet uh, oh, Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the Hell Muppets yeah. are still fantastic and still appeal to adults. But originally, this was a sketch comedy show for grown-ups with Muppets. With puppets, yeah. Or yeah, with puppets. So by the time it got to the states, I think that that probably helped them to get these guests. Like the fact that the reason the show came on in the states is that it was a success overseas. Yeah. 
I think uh, I think that's a fair point. Um, by the way, guys, just a little fun fact for you: the name Muppets is it is a uh, an anagram, not an anagram. Sorry, what is it? Um, it's like a shortened version of Monster Puppets. Ah, because if you yes. watch a lot of the original Muppet show, there's a ton of like not real world things on there. Like on Sesame Street. Yeah, exactly like on Sesame Street. Yeah, that's... I didn't know that, actually. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's the same as, like, Pokemon is actually short for pocket monsters, stuff like that. What? Yeah, did you really not know that? Nah. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> so... I'm glad I could teach you something. I oh, Definitely. Um, The last thing around the sort of history here is the Muppets have kind of an interesting status of as being one of very few elements of the Disney parks that were in the parks before they were properties owned by Disney. And I Yeah, just like Star Tours. Exactly. And I can't off the head, top of my head think of another example. I know there probably are a couple. Um but yeah, this is this yeah. was not Disney property, but it has been at the parks forever. And the Muppets 3D, it's like an experience, right? It's like a go sit down and watch the show and the show. Is oh, like Captain EO. Part. Yeah, like, do you not know the Muppet 3D show at no, Disney? No, I don't. Dude, it's so, you know why? It's in California Adventure. We have, oh, okay, that's fucking why. Because yeah. they have it in California. And this is me and my dad's favorite like, we all loved this growing up because we loved the Muppets and the fact that they were in the parks was, like, awesome for us, right? It was so cool that there was the, the Muppets show. And it's so funny. It's, like, the it's a little story about the Muppets, like, trying to get their shit together, basically, right? Like, to put on the show. And it's, like, the backstage, like, they're trying to get ready. And it's a 3D show, so you're wearing, like, 3D glasses. But also, right. it's, like, the original XD like this shit is like like bubbles so blow rad. at you. Like it's like oh my god, hell yeah. There's like real bubbles and real like like mist, and it's just it's just so cool and it's so funny. And they have um, what are the two hecklers? Stantler and Waldorf. I can never remember their names, but my dad and his best friend who passed away when I was a kid, but like mm. that was with us all the time. Like it was he was so cool and. Um, we used to go to Disney and we would all go together and his family was huge, just like seven kids. And we would all go oh, to the parks. He had this whole crew of us. Um, they were, they're great. They're an amazing family. And, um, they, my dad and, and Faiz, who is his best friend, were like the hecklers. They were those two. And they always that's said, that's so us. Funny. Look, that's us. These two assholes on this Disney trip <laughs> <laughs> talking shit. Like, so over it. And, like, mom had to deal with, like, eight kids. <laughs> like, we Dude, just... that's so amazing. And when my dad and I were living in California and we went to that park for, like, the first time. I never went to Anaheim as a kid. I was an adult. Yeah. When we went to Anaheim for the first time. And we didn't know whether it would be there because the Muppets are in... Hollywood Studios in Florida, I think. And um, so we were like, I don't know if they'll have it. And the fact that they had it in California Adventure, we died. And whatever friends we were with were like, were they were like Muppet haters. And they were like, I'm not oh, going to that. Right? Or, what the guys. fuck? What the fuck? And they were like, I don't want to go do the Muppet ride. I'm going to get something to eat or whatever. Have fun. And me and my dad were like, we're not skipping the Muppet ride. That's fucking blasphemy. And we, we have so much fun in there together. I love Hell the Muppets yeah. 3D. Dude, let's go. 
I want to. F- oh shit! You're gonna make me go to California Adventure now. Son of I me. no, honestly, to see this, you absolutely have to, and know that it's one of like the OG Florida rides. Like this is not like a new shiny bullshit thing. This is, and when I okay. was last there, it was identical to when it was. As I was a kid. Yeah. It hadn't changed an iota. You have to go. Fine. All right. Fine. God, I think I'm going like twice next year. Yes. So. Go on the Muppet ride. It'll make me so happy. I, I will. So do you want to hit us with a, a summary of sorts or yes. get so, us a lot here? The summary of this movie is actually basically told at the beginning of the film. And Kermit tells it to his nephew, Robin. Um, it is an approximation of how the Muppets got together. Starting with Kermit being told by a Hollywood agent who's played by Dom DeLuise. Um, and God, I, there are so many amazing cameos in this movie. I can't even fucking tell you. But... Um, Kermit is in, uh, enthralled by the tale of being rich and famous to go out to um, Hollywood. And so he starts on this journey and he meets tons of people. He meets Fozzie, he meets Gonzo. Inadvertently, he meets Miss Piggy, even though he only asked her to go to ice cream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but along the way, he meets a man named Doc Hopper who owns a chain of frog leg restaurants. And he wants kermit to do his commercials for all time and so it's basically about him traveling along uh trying to basically get kermit to do everything for him without you know basically trying to like ruin his life and force him into slavery and stuff so yeah and meanwhile so, the muppets all want to go to a an audition to be kept for yep. for rich and famousness for lou California. lord who is played by orson wells yes and that's that's you know, I'm excited for you to point out all these cameos for me. Well, this dude, is there's not so many. And we <laughs> literally right before we started recording, I just learned another one. Like, so yeah, this is there's tons of people in here. So um I'm actually gonna kick us off with uh basically where this movie starts. Um and this movie is actually an allegory for how Jim Henson got into film. It was he I didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't want to be like huge and whatever he just wanted to bring happiness to the people around him and like you know basically um do something that he enjoyed that would then make millions of people happy and that's basically what kermit's motivation is is he wanted to do something to bring millions of people together and like happy or whatever and then it ended up being he motivated the other muppets to follow him because their dream was his dream and I so, fucking love Jim Henson. Yeah, he's he's awesome. And he, uh, he voices Kermit in this, which I had no idea. He does, which is something that's super noticeable as the movies go on. Um, Kermit will always... The last time that Kermit was voiced by Jim Henson was... Um, I want to say The Muppets Take Manhattan. Because then another Muppet movie didn't come out until The Muppets in, uh, the Muppets in Space. And then The Muppet Wizard of Oz, which was terrible. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it for some reason, and I really wish that they would give us a, a legitimate explanation. For some reason, between Muppets from Space and then Muppet Wizard of Oz, the studio was like, I don't think that Rizzo should be Gonzo's partner or buddy anymore. I think it should be yeah. Pepe. And I'm like, that's dumb. 
Yeah, we've complained about this before, and I continue to agree. It should yeah. be Rizzo. But I did notice in this movie, just like while we're on this, because this was like, I think, one of my miscellaneous or some, or an important yeah. question, is like, I, I realized watching this, because this is the first Muppet movie, right? To be clear, it's their first outing on the right. big screen. Yes. Um, Is Gonzo dating this chicken? Like, I feel like I remember yeah. Gonzo having like a harem of chicken, and the chicken were like, like, Camilla the is his thing? love. Like Camilla is the love of his life. Um, <laughs> but there are other chickens. Like he and he makes jokes about it in all of the movies. Like when they in Muppet Christmas Carol, when they go to the Fozziewood Christmas party, like three chickens walk by and he goes, Whoa! And oh then, my like, god. <laughs> I had like it rung a bell. I was like, oh yeah, Gonzo has this chicken situation, doesn't he? And I had like yeah. forgotten this. So where's the like is that his thing before Rizzo? And it's not uncommon, actually, or unprecedented for Gonzo's well, so, partners? R- first of all, Gonzo and Rizzo aren't partners. Like, they're not lovers. They're best friends. Right. I guess I just mean, um, like, the, the character that they pair him with. Narrative. Yeah, so originally it was Camilla, and he was with a lot of... Because um, Rizzo was a background character on the show. In the movies, he became Gonzo's partner in... Um, narration, right? Narration, yeah. So he basically, he's like, what does he say? My name is Charles Dickens, and I'm here <laughs> to tell the story. And Rizzo's like, hey, wait a minute. A blue furry Charles Dickens that hangs out with a rat? Absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait to do that movie at Christmas. Dude, yeah. It's, oh my God, that movie is so great. But oh yeah, God, he, originally he was just, he would he was just with Camilla. Because the movie after this, and I'm actually going to look up the timeline. Um, let me see, like, which movies came out. So it was, yeah, so right after this one was um, the Muppets, the Great Muppet Caper, which is actually another one of my favorite movies. That's, the Great Muppet Caper came out two years after this. And that was, Rizzo was not in that one either. But throughout the movie, Gonzo's, like, randomly taking pictures of, like, chickens and pigeons and shit. (laughs) He calls, like, he takes a picture of a pigeon outside a window and he just goes, local poultry. And, like, he just thinks it's, like, so funny. I don't know why. That shit just cracks me up. But then in the Muppets Tank, uh, in the Muppets Take Manhattan, he actually is solely with Camilla. Like, it's just them. Um, And she, like, she stays with him and, like, are they the only like established romantic they are the relationship only... other than Kermit and Piggy? No, because you have um the blonde bassist and the lead guitarist from Electric Mayhem. Which I have to say I'm glad you brought them up because I have always kind of low key suspected that like that's Stevie Nicks, right? It kind of ha- I feel like it has to be, yeah. Uh... I feel like that whole thing is Fleetwood Mac and that that's Mac what's his name or fucking what i don't know i can't remember his name which which of those two words is in his actual name who was um stevie nicks's husband shit i actually don't remember his name either god dang it okay also i'm just realizing um the muppet wizard of oz was not a film it was not a feature film it was a made for tv special that's why it's not listed on here mick fleetwood what, who, oh, I, I could be okay. totally wrong. She might have been married to Peter Green. I'm actually Mac. really not sure. Um, but Stevie Nicks was married to one of them in Fleetwood Mac, and I've always suspected that those two 
in Electric Mayhem was. I was think that would be fucking amazing if that's who they were based on. I'm gonna look that up after this, but anyway, yeah. So back to my like main point. This this whole thing was because Jim Henson like wanted to tell a story, and like yes. wanted to you know uh, basically make other people happy. Um, but I'm gonna let you read one of your notes. I have to go grab water because I'm gonna like give me one second. Yeah, but go, go ahead for and read it. One of your notes. Go for it. So, um, my, my kind of rant on, on this right now is people who don't like the Muppets are wrong. I know so many people who are like, I don't like the Muppets. That's, you know, I, in fact, really honestly, until I met Scott, I had met very few people who weren't my immediate family who did like the Muppets. And I was starting to think that maybe it was just me, but I don't understand why people don't think that this is hilarious. Like the fantasy dream sequence where Piggy and Kermit fall in love is Oh Absolutely my god! Absolutely yeah. There's yeah. two actually. Two different movies get two different scenes like that. Um, the Muppets take Manhattan. They go on a carriage ride through um, Central Park, and then in this one they have the bike riding scene, which was amazing from a production. Um, yeah. Part. Or no, I'm sorry. God damn it! That's not in this movie. The Kermit rides a bike in this movie, but what I'm thinking of is the scene from The Great Muppet Caper where they're all riding bikes through the park um have you seen the cover for this movie the cover art Mm-mm. look it up right now honestly it piggy and kermit are on like the top of the poster oh yeah okay i fucking love this that's amazing it looks like a fucking <laughs> i 80s love that she's romance. the one dipping him yeah. yeah it's an 80s romance novel but it's like piggy dipping kermit yeah and i they're so funny like i just I love Kermit and Piggy. Like they just get my sense of humor. Like I love in this movie when Piggy's like, "Yes, but Kermit assumed the awesome responsibility of command." Command. She's so funny. Like they just get it. And and I will say, like, I suspect that something about their sort of like gender role swapping consent question mark things is probably beginning to age poorly and i don't care i don't (laughs) i don't think it well like so all of the recent stuff um piggy is like independent and stuff it's a lot better because the part of it that's creepy is how much it sometimes doesn't feel like this is something that kermit wants like that trope is kind of like yeah is that is that great? I'm not sure. But like in then I thought about in uh in Muppet Haunted Mansion, their whole thing was like hilarious where it just is like Piggy just is sort of like dominant. Made in the relationship. Him, yeah, she like made him dress up and shit. And yeah. But he obviously loves her. It's just that she's so well, domineering. Like that is funny. Yeah. When there's a consent question mark for Kermit, I'm kind of like, um, is this a good thing? Like a little so, bit in this movie. This know, is the only movie where like their relationship is a question mark. And it's because That's it's good. when they they first meet. So like the the Great Muppet Caper um is a little bit different because Kermit is a reporter and she is a model, but she he mistakes her for Lady Holiday, the lady he's there to interview, and she lies to him because she finds him like super attractive, but then he finds out <laughs> she's lying, but they still like fall in love. Yeah, and like in Muppet Treasure Island, like there's no oh love gosh. has ever been Benjamin. so pure. Yeah, like yeah. there's nothing has ever tugged at my heartstrings like them hanging from that cliff together. Like they are in love. Oh, mon capitaine. <laughs> like I, that whole movie is so fucking great. 
I can't wait to talk about it. It's it's really Dude. up there in like my favorite movies. I, but but I loved them. Um, I love I love Piggy with her hiya. We oh, used to I know. do that all the time. My favorite thing about it is she doesn't really do anything. They just twist the puppet back and forth. Right. And that's like her fighting. <laughs> I just I don't know why that shit just cracks me up. She kicks so much ass in every movie. Like she she's really such does. a fucking badass and I love her and I used to mimic her saying it all the time like we all she's so funny. And I love how in this movie like at the end of it like she's been so in love with Kermit and following him around and like uh, inviting yeah. herself on the adventure. Yeah. And then at the end she gets a call from her agent for real cuz she gets kidnapped in this movie cuz she takes a call from her agent and it turns out to be the bad guy, right? Yeah. So she takes a call from her agent that's for real after they get rid of the bad guy and it's like a commercial and she's like mm. Okay, bye, Kermit. It was nice knowing you. Like she's just, it's just like what out. the fuck? Yeah, and then we get to meet Rolf in the bar, which oh my god, yes. Oh, so sorry, it's a cat need, jumped on the keyboard. Uh, unbelievable, these cats. I swear to God, every time. Um, I need you to understand that my favorite, my second favorite joke. I almost said my favorite, and I lied. My favorite joke in any Muppet movie is from Muppet Treasure Island, but my second favorite joke is actually in the 2011. Uh, Jason Siegel, uh, relaunch or whatever. They they yeah. do this montage of them going to get all the Muppets back together, but then Rolf is just like in the car, and they're moving <laughs> along, and Kermit's like, "Okay, like let's keep going forward or whatever." And Rolf's like, "Hey, wait a minute, you guys didn't do my montage. I thought it was pretty impactful." And then it's just <laughs> Rolf laying in a fucking hammock, and they're all standing around him, and he's like, "Hey, Rolf, you uh, you want to get back with the Muppets?" And he's like, "Yeah, okay." And then it goes right back to Rolf in the car. And he's like, huh, classic. <laughs> I don't know why that shit just cracks me the fuck up. They're just, because uh, the Muppets are just so fucking funny, dude. What's your favorite joke from Treasure Island? I can't, I can't tell you. Like, because it's, Aww. we have to be talking about it. We have to be talking about the movie. Because. I can't wait. I want to use the temp pad. <laughs> but okay. But okay. We'll hold on to Muppet Treasure Island. Um, I, so I'm pretty sure we're coming up to it though. Oh, Treasure it, Island's not until '96. Holy shit! It's gonna be like next year by the time we get there. Yeah. But we can hold on it. But in in line with like the humor and how funny it is, like I I asked while myself while I was watching this, like, is this kind of like the first meta parody like this that people are seeing? Like, no, because the Muppet Show came out before this and was like yeah. that. Other stuff was like that, but you can. And and I also recognize that we're making a transition from for us from kind of kids stuff to something that's more geared to adults. Yeah, we've done so many kids movies, but I don't know. You, I just really noticed that like this different style of comedy that we're seeing, and that we saw a little bit even in like Sword in the Stone, right? Like some of that is in Disney. This like this yeah. change in comedy bleeding over. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. Like that's one of like the best parts about this is like the Muppets comedy thrives on random quips that if you didn't hear it, you're just going to like, it's just going to move right on. Like when, when they go to sleep and the electric mayhem paint their car and the very next scene is them sitting in the front and Fozzie's like, Hey, I don't know how to thank you guys. And Kermit's like, yeah, I don't know why to thank you guys. Like I, that just (laughs) shit like that is what's really funny to me because it's, it's really quick. And if you miss it, like whatever, like or the drinks on the house joke when he first meets Fozzie and they all run up onto the fucking roof. Yeah. Well, that's where it's like kids wouldn't 
get that necessarily. Yeah, not at puns all. And, and some of the real world humor and like, and also just jokes about, you know, common sayings, right? Just twists on stuff. Yeah. It's just... It's just a great like form of comedy, and I I love when they comment on themselves. I love when he's talking about like Kermit's like how he's better off to be sad with friends than sad without friends, and he's like I yeah. have a bear and a lady pig and a chicken and a dog and a thing, whatever Gonzo is. Whatever like, Gonzo oh my is. God. <laughs> and he d- well, and that's like a running joke throughout the rest of of every Muppet movie until is Muppets in Space when they Muppets tell us, in Space right? when you yeah. find out that he's an alien, but they're like when they first get to London in Muppet Caper, uh, this British guy is sitting on the side of the... Because they land in a little pond, and this guy is sitting reading the newspaper, and he's like, oh, I see the forecast was right. Did say it was going to rain cats and dogs, and Kermit's like, no, no, we're bears and frogs. And then Gonzo opens his cage, he's like, and Gonzo's! And I'm just like, <laughs> dude, fuck yeah, man. Oh my god. It's so... And like his crate says whatever on it. Like Kermit says frog and Fozzie says bear, but his crate says whatever. Whatever. Like, <laughs> it just cracks me up. I swear to God. Like I think here's okay, here's my um my theory about people who don't like the Muppets. And and I said this to my friend the other night who doesn't like the Muppets, and I was kind of like Oh, I'm sorry shit. for your loss of not having that friend anymore. I know, right? I was like, honey, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's hard for me. My suspicion is, like, at least in her case, this has proven true. She hasn't seen this shit since she was a kid. This isn't mm. for kids. A lot of it is not. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, it's either, like, I think when you're little, it a lot of this has to go over your head. So I'm like, can we please oh, yeah. sit down and watch Muppet Treasure Island? Because it will change your fucking life. And I think I'm going to get her to do it. But I think that that's part of the problem. I think some people might have seen this when they were little and it wasn't exactly their cup of tea. Like they didn't, it wasn't whatever was going to grab them at the time and it goes over their heads and it's not four kids and then they never go back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, don't know. I think a lot of it like borders on adult humor. Like Muppet Christmas Carol has a joke. Like if you miss it or like if you're an adult, you catch it pretty easily. Um, and then there's another really fucking easy to catch one in Muppet Treasure Island where it super implies that Miss Piggy fucked Tim Curry. Um, oh, they imply that Miss Piggy fucked a lot of people. Miss Piggy got around. There's no question yeah. in my mind. Oh, hello, Long John. And Kermit's like, are you serious? <laughs> I can't wait to watch that movie. It's my favorite. Dude, it's so awesome. But Holy yeah, shit, like Ms. there's, is such, a, there's... such an icon. <laughs> She really is, dude. And I I love that they make her, like, a business tycoon, like, akin to Oprah and Martha Stewart in the she newer stuff. Be. Well, you know what the Muppets have been able to do with their characters now is they've been around for so long, like, collecting tropes and personality. Oh, yeah. Like, a long-running joke about Gonzo that they end up making a whole movie about. And they're like, well, let's explain that. Kind of like they did with Kenny in South Park, to be fair. Like, just yeah. run- ongoing jokes. Eventually, they're like, let's create lore around that. <laughs> just explain it. Yeah. Yeah, right? And they to- the the Muppets have been self- self-referential from the beginning. Yeah, they and have. now they've been around for so many decades that they've reached this, like, nirvana state. Which, like, I usually apply to CW shows, right? Like, Buffy did it. Yeah. The Flash is there now. It's awesome. They yep. just get to, they can kind of just make fun of themselves. Like, it's just become so ridiculous. Like, the oh, crossovers. Dang. Like, what? 
I love that when when things reach that kind of nirvana, and I think that's where the Muppets are right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'll give you that. I think they are because um they basically are like I hate to use the word timeless because everybody uses the word timeless. But they really are. Like, it doesn't matter which yeah. one is your favorite movie. Like, they are still always going to be the same. Yeah, I think they there's a continuity to the Muppets that a lot of long-running franchises don't manage. Like, they're still good. They're still... Yeah. I mean, they're still really good. Like, we just had new Muppets last week, right? Or the week before. Yep, two weeks ago, Two yeah. weeks ago. Like, it's the Muppets are still fucking great. Um, another thing the Muppets do that I think makes people mistake it for kids fair is be musicals. Right. And the musical. So was great in this. Like we talked about rainbow connection, right? Dude, There's not a bad song in this entire movie. Not one moving right along. Oh my God, dude. I know that every word to that song and I will randomly send snaps to my aunt all the time when I'm driving. That's awesome. That's something that song has like, been one of the things that weirdly gets stuck in my head like since i was yeah. really really little that just stayed with me yeah same here the Even only when one... i haven't seen the movie in a decade i will get it stuck in my head well yeah so moving right along and rainbow connection are the two most popular songs from the movie but then you get songs like um the one that gonzo sings about his friends at the in the desert <laughs> i can never remember what it's called but that one's really good and so is yeah. the song that rolf sings i hope that something better comes along yes um yeah that one's really good but then you also have like just the amazing music throughout like the <laughs> it's supposed to be dramatic and crazy like when gonzo grabs all the balloons from yet another cameo richard Pryor. um <laughs> and he's flying away but it's still just like this weird, like do 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 do. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not perilous. You're like, okay, Gonzo's in danger, but he's actually loving this. Well, and that's why Gonzo's my favorite, and that's yeah. why, again, this is how how the Muppets are so fucking good. Like the plot of the movie that came out two weeks ago is Gonzo facing like his being without his friends yeah yeah Basically being without his friends fear. and like how like how we talked about how confident gonzo is yeah that he doesn't have fears like that he's just like yeah whatever and they made a whole movie about him having a fear well it's and so i weird. think i think that's what's most important is they all have different characteristics and like different personality pillars but at the end of the day the number one thing that is like that the muppets are about is family and having your friends around and like yeah having that like foundation of strong relationships and stuff because i mean that's that's the lesson kermit teaches at the end of the movie to doc hopper he's like i have all these friends that i've made along the way uh and we all got to share in this dream like when you achieve your dream like who do you have to share it with who and then yeah doc hopper's like i don't like he thinks he has max and max is like no go fuck yourself bro well and i love kermit's i love that kermit has a little arc in this i kind of forgot that um and i love that that's how their first movie like that he really gets to be the main character because like sometimes he doesn't and I loved his little golem scene where he's talking to talking himself. To himself yeah. yeah. I'm like, did Peter Jackson recall this? Because it's very golem. And also he kind of looks a little bit like, like he could be golem. Jesus Christ. Dude, he could totally be ranking and Bass's golem. 
Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Rangan and Bass totally is gone. Did absolutely look like a fucking frog. Yeah, this could totally be him. Yeah. And but I I think it was an imperfect lesson. Like I didn't entirely I was like Kermit seemed, you know, not entirely unhappy in the swamp before he came, which no, by the he way just was like living his life, yeah. But yeah, and then but I get it. I think it's you know, something something strength in numbers, something something the family you make. Because right, like yeah. they did have to like throw down. Like they had to fight. Oh yeah, they did. Well, and that's <laughs> that's what I think is like really interesting about this too, is this wasn't a the villain changed his mind or had a change of heart or whatever. Like, no, he literally was like, All right, guys, kill him. Which I'm thinking about it and I'm like, that really doesn't make sense. Like, why are you gonna kill him if he's not in that commercial? Like that just yeah. what is the motivation for that? Like if I can't have him, then no one can. But no one else wants Kermit. Like he doesn't know that yet. I, I don't. I know. have I no just, idea. Yeah, that was just that part was really like odd to me. I thought it, the whole villain situation was weak, which I'll say more about shortly when we give ratings. But yeah, I, I thought that was yeah. I could have done without the whole that part of the plot. I could have done with a movie that was just like a couple of episodic adventures with like picking up different Muppets. But I guess there have to there has to be something that keeps driving them forward, and it's just I don't yeah I, I didn't like it though I thought it could have been a lot better, um but I did like in the end when they're like in the face off and Kermit just dead ass says like go ahead and kill me oh like, yeah what the fuck He's like well I guess you're gonna have to kill me and I'm like damn all right Kermit says, get go fucking ahead at it kill, dude go ahead and kill me <laughs> bro. I can't believe the puppeteer could work Kermit with all the size of Kermit's balls in there. Like, holy shit, dude. That was no crazy. No kidding. I don't know how <laughs> they weren't in frame. <laughs> I dude, mean, so really I, not for kids. Like, it's, no, it, it really wasn't. Yeah. Like, that was, but, but I, I liked overall the, the sort of moral of the story here and that it is like about the family you make and the Muppets are one big family and that's what they're about. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like I thought it wasn't, it wasn't perfect execution of, of that uh, message, but I really strongly approve of finding that message in the first ever Muppet movie. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing, like the Muppets act kind of like they're always together right and then when we got the 2011 remake the muppets have been broken up and the point is to recollect everybody right and and again it's a very um like star warsy way of rebooting a franchise let's yeah, do the very... same thing again but also it's a sequel exactly but here's the thing that had a technically already been done in the muppets take manhattan I don't know if you remember the Muppets yeah. Take Manhattan, but I don't remember it super well. But I do feel like there's a get everybody together and into New York situation. Yeah. So basically, the Muppets Take Manhattan, and the reason that that and the Muppets in Space are not on Disney Plus is that Sony actually still maintains the rights to both of those movies, whereas Sucks, Disney maintains the rights. I know Muppets Take Manhattan is actually I like Muppets Take Manhattan more than I like. Um, the Great Muppet Caper, even though The Great Muppet Caper has tons of jokes and hilarious cameos and shit. Um, but the Muppet... Uh, what do you call it? The M Muppets Take Manhattan is also the first time you meet Rizzo. Um, oh, but it's basically sense. about the Muppets just graduated college and they want to take their show to Broadway. And no one wants their show. And so eventually Kermit loses hope 
and is like, I'm going to keep selling the show, but you guys need to go do your own thing because, like, stop relying on me and shit. And so everybody spreads out and does all this shit, but then Kermit ends up selling the show, and so he has to get everybody back together, and so you get to find out what Fozzie's been doing and what Rolf and Gonzo and Scooter's working in a 3D movie. Um the <laughs> 3D movie theater and stuff with Lou, the guy who throws uh, boomerang fish. I wonder if that's part of where Muppets 3D is coming from. And if I rewatched that movie now, I would like pick up on stuff from. Ooh, the, I the bet. Ride. Yeah, I'm I wonder. Have to watch that. Maybe the, you know, go. You're going soon. Go and rewatch it before and tell me because I wonder if there's yeah. a more of a connection there than I realize. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll I'll definitely be mindful of it when we go because I'm gonna. <clears throat> I love when my voice cracks. It's so awesome. It's the hottest <laughs> thing. <laughs> I went through puberty fucking 20 years ago, but sure. Oh my God. It's just continuing to happen. For I know. You. <laughs> um, but no, like the last thing I do want to touch on is the cameo part of this. Like there are so many famous people in this fucking Steve Martin is in this. I love Steve Martin's character in this. Actually, he's fucking hilarious. The annoyed waiter. And yeah. then Kermit, Kermit makes him try the $6 bottle of, sparkling muscatel oh my god and they bring those straws and they have like this incredible practical effect where like obviously the straws are connecting to something under the table and draining right because piggy fucking downs her oh hers is gone dude kermit's like nothing happens to kermit he doesn't like touch it or whatever Oh my god, he's their dynamic is so fucking funny. Dude, I, I fucking love it. But yeah, um that was a that was my favorite cameo of the movie, I think. Steve Martin's was really good. Bob Hope, actually, if anybody doesn't know this, um, Bob Hope is the ice cream man that gives Fozzie the uh, honey. He gives Kermit a dragonfly ripple and a honey flavored cone for Fozzie. I don't know why they don't give Gonzo one. I think it's just because he's not there. He's getting balloons from Richard Pryor, who has another cameo. Um Carol Kane, which if anybody is a fan of Mel Brooks, who is also in this movie, he's the mad scientist. Um, Carol Kane is the, she's in like every Mel Brooks movie. And I'm trying to, she's the, in Young Frankenstein, she is Gene Wilder's fiance. And then in this, she's, um, she's the woman that, uh, Kermit meets at the bar where she's like, hello, Thela, buy me a drink. And he's like, hey, are you talking to my lady? He's like, no. <laughs> and she's like, yes, she was. He touched me. He's like, ugh, go wash. And then they make this joke about warts. And then throughout the whole movie, he's like, no, that's a myth. And then this woman with a lisp is like, yes. And he's like, mm, seems to be a running gag. Like, <laughs> they just bring it up all the fucking time. But yeah, so she's in it. Um, Mel Brooks is in it. The one I didn't know about, and I actually literally, we just talked about this before we started recording, was Tim Burton is actually in this movie, too. Yeah, um, wild, huh? I know. He's a fucking puppeteer for the final scene of the movie where they're all together in the studio. Yeah, and I find that way more interesting than, uh, wait, is it, so wait, wait, he's a puppeteer and you can see him on screen? No, 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 He doesn't no, 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 just no, no, have no. a credit? He just has a credit. He's technically, this was like one of the first things he worked on. Okay. Cause I was going to say, he's not here as a star cameo. He's no, no, no. He's, he wasn't even a star then. I don't think he's ever done an actual like on screen right. cameo. 
No, that's what I thought. Like he's because now we would like recognize his ass probably, but uh, oh yeah. yeah, but yeah, this I find this so much more interesting than had he been like a celebrity cameo or something like that. This is what he was doing before. I'm like piece together the the absolute disaster that is your career. I hate. <laughs> this is like part of the pieces, here. right? I'm like, I see, I see how it where it went wrong, Tim. I get where you were coming from. You liked the Muppets, huh? And you just fucked it up. You yeah, just took this kind apart. of, this kind of like I, I'm starting to see the path ahead for my boy Tim. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you guys right now. I I can almost guarantee you we're not gonna do the Nightmare Before Christmas because Lindsay just hates this guy so much. I'm willing to do it. I'm just not willing to pretend like I like it. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> I might I might replace you with with Benjamin. You can't know if you want to do like a fanboy, you know, yes man review of fucking The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> like, see, that's the thing. I'm not even a yet. Like, it's not one of my favorite movies. I just think it is a good movie. Like, I just watched Corpse Bride uh... the other night, and I think that that movie is better than uh, uh, what do you call it? Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare. I think it's... I think Corpse Bride and Coraline are way better. The Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, I haven't seen Coraline just because, like, just just out of just sheer bias of just like, no, fuck you. Like, and, Dude, it's but, terrifying. But, no, I have heard that it's good. And I actually think we should probably do Nightmare Before Christmas because I think if I rewatch it, I will end up objectively agreeing with you while still hating everything about the That's Tim Burton fine. aesthetic and where it went. Dude yeah. ruined Alice in Wonderland for me. That was the last straw. I know, I know. I care for the movie. I do love the score from Danny Elfman for Alice in Wonderland, though. I'm only gonna say that. Any I do. I rewatched it anyway. Let's let's do that movie because I probably will end up feeling better about it. It'll probably be helpful to me. But tell me, tell me, Scott. Do we have? Do you got anything else before we go no, to the ratings? I think we can that's go it, right into ratings for this one. What'd you give this one? I gave this an eight out of ten. All right. There's there's never a time that this movie does not make me laugh. Or like this. This is another one of my background movies. I will just randomly go to Disney Plus and throw this movie on all the fucking time. I know all the songs by that. heart. It just it's always funny to me. I quote it all the fucking time. Miss Piggy, <laughs> when Gonzo lands on the car, and then he's just suddenly back in the car, and then Miss Piggy's like, "I don't understand any of this." That shit just like <laughs> it just cracks me up. I just there's nothing I don't love about this movie. And I love that this movie led to the creation of movies like Labyrinth and like it was a forerunner for Sesame Street. And first of all, Sesame Street has tons well, Sesame Street already existed, but like Sesame Street got even more popular because they started doing cameos in Muppet movies. Like Oscar the Grouch is in the Great Muppet Caper. Big, Big Birds, Birds in this. this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it yeah, they well I think I think another thing it did like in that vein like yeah sesame street existed but i think it it really like expanded the market for the muppets yeah 100 right? like they had way more options um as a result of doing this and it, of its success and it was like absolutely okay, we're for adults and we're for kids and like you name it jim henson can do it and here we go and it was great always i should start putting the muppets on in the background of everything that sounds great yes you sh you absolutely should I gave this a 6.9. Um, right. Yeah, I which is super specific. And, and I loved it oh, because it it's the Muppets. Yeah. But And it was great and it was hilarious. Like, I laughed out loud through the whole movie, but I, I can't quite push it over to a 7. 
or above because it's just it's not their best work and i it's it's one of those movies that feels old to me like i yeah you can kind of tell yeah i wouldn't recommend this to a friend of mine who is like not a fan of the muppets but wants to like give him another try it wouldn't be this right like i even though i left oh yeah time I just, I don't think it's their best work and I have no interest in the hooligans trying to convince Kermit to do a commercial. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? I, we'll talk about that more in a second. But I do love how much this sets up and explains the Muppet whole shtick. Like, why yeah, they make absolutely. movies, how they got the Muppet show. Points for all of that. And I, I really liked the ending where it's, they're like, we have come to audition to be rich and famous. And he's like, set up the standard rich and famous. Yeah, he's like, all right, Kermit bet, the Frog. fucking here you go. <laughs> the rich and famous package like i i thought it was great and i just love it's like it's their origin story that's what this movie was it didn't need the bad guy at all um i gave that's the, the thing i think that's guy... the biggest part of it yeah he did not they there needed to be something that kept them like moving or like pushing them along like a problem or whatever but uh yeah doc hopper could have gone away like halfway through and it still would have been a great movie he could have not been in the movie. I would have accepted a plot where all this is is a ticking clock to get to the yeah, audition. Absolutely. And, and crazy it. shit happens along the way. Yeah, I would have yeah. been fine with that too. Via which they pick up new people and they have like a different bad guy in everyone. Like I would love to have seen like S- Miss Piggy has an antagonist and and Kermit's like, oh, I got to help her. Come on. Like it'll only take yeah. a day. And like they get her and then she comes with them. Like that plot where it worked better for me. Like the bad guys were really detracted from this movie. I gave them a one out of 10. They were the least compelling part of this. I just, I hated the fact that they were in this movie at all. Yeah. I'm actually going to change mine to a three out of 10. It was a six out of 10 and it's only because it gave them motivation and it did allow for Kermit to make that speech at the end about dreams and like having his friends and stuff. But right. now that we've kind of talked about it, like, yeah, they were, they were pretty unnecessary. I can rewrite this on the spot. They do the ticking clock thing I talked about before. And then Kermit's existential crisis is that he thinks about going it alone because everyone else keeps slowing him down and it's problematic for him. And that's the plot. Yeah, done. You can still have the exact same moral. Send it to print. Book it. Let's go. Yeah, I'm going to redo this movie. You don't need to have a bad guy. I would 100% that would work, right? Yeah, I I think it makes just as much sense. This would be, I would be up there with like an eight with you if they just did that. But the yeah. bad guys took away so much from me that I landed at that 6.9. Cause I'm like, I just can't push it over the line. But you know, I still really liked it and I fucking love the Muppets and I love everything that this sets up and I'm down to like incorporate more Muppet stuff in the, I think the only other Muppet movies we have planned on the timeline right now are Christmas Carol and um, Treasure Island. Treasure Island. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. They're my favorite, too. Mine, too. Yeah. But Uh, speaking of things coming up in the future. Yeah, what is coming up in the future? Well, it's going to be... The future. It's going to be very, very exciting few weeks coming up. So next week, we have... Scott's favorite, I think. I think a turn it up to 11 for Scott. My first turn it up to 11. Yeah, we are going to have... Empire Strikes Back out on October 5th. I'm sorry, November 5th. Um, Before that, we're going to have Dune on the 1st. So look out for Dune next week. We'll give time for, well, really just to fit our schedule. 
I'm actually yeah. kind of skipping ahead with the Empire stuff because I'm just kind of stoked about it. But yeah, we'll have the too. Halloween episode out this Friday so that everyone can have that out for Halloween weekend. We'll have Dune out on Monday and we'll have Empire out on the 5th. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be super exciting. And then like going through the 80s after that, we're going to have a really fun kind of little back and forth between Empire, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Return of the Jedi, and Temple of Doom. Yep. Temple of Doom. <laughs> it's going to be and super then, fun. So... I want you guys to know, and we say this at the end of every episode, and we may start saying it at the beginning of every episode, like, when you guys send us feedback, like, we absolutely read it, and for the first time, like, your guys' feedback has caused us to switch one of the movies we're doing. Yes. Um, And I'm going to let Lindsay read it, because she's the one that got it, but um, we're actually swapping Fast Times at Ridgemont High for Labyrinth at the request of a... We are. Uh, of a, a write-in we are and i'm trying to uh find it hang on one second let me get the right email up yeah so i we got um from henry i'd recommend abandoning fast times and going with labyrinth instead to which we say you got it you got so, it henry. yep so we're gonna go with labyrinth so that'll be coming a little down the line and that just means that stuff will be coming faster because labyrinth came out a few years after fast times but we will still do 16 candles and yep. the breakfast club um and ghostbusters and like so there's just like a whole ton of um 80s stuff that's coming up that we're really excited about so but i mean everything that's coming up we're excited about the eternals yep. is coming so we'll have that oh, review out next, on the 10th. not this coming friday but next friday dude i'm so fucking stoked yeah We'll have that out on the 10th to give people time to see that one because that's going to yep. be theaters only. Um, and then on Friday, the 12th of November, we are going to do the Wheel of Time Primer episode. Yep. And there has been like, there have been a multiple little teasers and scenes that have come out and promos and just like not a full scale trailer, but some really cool little promos coming out. And it just looks so sick. So we'll do the primer on the 12th if we, uh, if we don't have a second trailer by then, we might just not be getting one, but the show comes out on November 19th and we will be getting you guys reviews of the first three episodes on the 20th as right soon as we can 20th, get them out. Yeah. yeah. So as soon as we're done. Look out for all of that. We'll be doing weekly Wheel of Time along with stuff from the timeline from then on. Um, so I have a month to finish this book, basically. Yeah, and you could do it. It's not the I'm first book. Isn't that crazy? You just got to get down to business. Yeah. <laughs> or don't and it'll be a really fun experience to have you going just completely blind and and ben who is going to be on the halloween episode with us is probably going to hop on wheel of time with us because he is about to finish the first book so oh, actually, okay cool it might actually be interesting to have someone who hasn't read it at all someone who, who's read one book and someone who's read it a bunch all the way through could be kind of a fun dynamic but also i encourage you to read the book i know uh, just read it just read it forget i said anything <laughs> One of I, us. well no because like, yeah i know and because benjamin skirt has actually read it like i want to fucking read it too like well why don't you because here's the thing um i can tell you right now that the first three episodes are likely to be the first just under half i think maybe the first third of the like you have time it's not as though it's a binge show dropping on the 19th like you could get up to where like the first three episodes are going to be easily before then and just keep keep fucking reading just start the book 
I'm going to. I'm, I'm gonna after we're done recording. I'm gonna do a little bit of editing, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start the book. Good. I think it's gonna blow my girlfriend's mind that I'm like sitting on the couch reading, and she's like, "What is happening right now?" I'll we will after we are done recording, we'll discuss the audiobook situation as well. Um, because oh they're good. No, the audiobooks for Wheel of Time are exceptional. Um, I know. Read by Michael Redding, Michael Kramer, and Kate Redding. Um. Anyway, the point is. I digress on Wheel of Time because it is just one month away and I'm fucking stoked. So it's finally less than a month. But do send us feedback because we will absolutely feature on the show. We have some more stuff, um, recommendations of things that we'll do that we will do. And we'll shout you out um, as we get closer to doing them as we come into the 80s. So people are stoked on that. Let us know what you want. If there's different stuff you want to see in the 80s than our standard picks, tell us. We'll spend as long in here as we need to. Send us an email at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. Um, hit us up on Instagram at go behind the timeline. All kinds of exciting things are happening there. The memes are hilarious. Check us out on Twitter at behind timeline. We've got episode announcements and all kinds of other stuff coming from Scott. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you can check us out on Instagram. You can check me out at LCW 22 and sometimes have stuff going on about the show. And Scott, I don't know if you want to shout yourself out, which we never do, but. No, I know. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to, it's a lot of it, the recent stuff is just for the podcast. But um, yeah, if you guys want to follow me, you can find me at Hoot at Venom. Yeah. You know, which should come as no surprise to anybody. But. Nope. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's about it. And we yeah. will see you guys at the end of this week for the Halloween episodes, parts one and two, because we got pretty stoked. So get, yeah, get excited for a lot of Halloween movie discussion, complete with timestamps. And uh, until then, stay nerdy. See you guys. Sorry, I kind of just went into.